Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Everyone and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we are from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, and our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about all of the things that aren't Doctor Who. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes, unless you think we're monkeys. And if you have <laughs> questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of cool things you feel like sharing, you can email them to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. Uh, and if you want to start a discussion with us, you can go ahead and comment on this post on the website, and we will comment back, and then you comment back. And hence, a discussion is born. <laughs> It's a born discussion. Born again. Born. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the three doctors. Uh, this is our 100th episode. Yeah, 100! <laughs> wow, you were prepared. <laughs> yeah, no. I have, uh, Yeah, yeah. Definitely have some... some, some party know. supplies. Yeah, you know. In my house, it's just a perpetual party. <laughs> so um, it's our hundredth episode. <laughs> we're we're talking about the three doctors, which was the tenth anniversary special um, of Doctor Who back in nineteen seventy three. Uh, that's just a taste, but uh, how about you give us the whole enchilada of the background significance, Matt? All right, all right, the whole enchilada. Well, yes, it is the tenth anniversary of Doctor Who. Uh, it feels fitting for our hundredth uh, episode to do a um, uh, that uh, massive story. We were going to do five Doctors, but Davidson in order, so we're not we're not we're not doing that. Um, but yeah, we're talking about the three Doctors. The three Doctors is uh, it's famous, I guess, most first and foremost for being the first multi-Doctor crossover ever uh in a way where you know like seeing superman and batman for the first time on the same page this is uh the second doctor teaming up with the third doctor while the first doctor watches uh from his wheelchair um <laughs> that sounds really creepy well it's not really wrong i mean it's kind of true uh, but yeah, it sees the return of Patrick Troughton to the role of the Doctor. He would again come back for the Five Doctors and the Two Doctors, which are other uh, celebrations, I suppose. What the Two Doctors was celebrating, I'm still not sure. Robert uh, I, I guess, but it's, it's not really... Like, it's in season 22, and it's really got nothing to do with anything. Uh, it takes place in the film. That's a different story. Uh, we're talking about the Three <laughs> Doctors. Um, it's not 1983? No, it's not. It's 1973. Uh, no, no, no. In in the two doctors. 
No, no. I don't. It, didn't it come, might be. It did might that be. come out in eighty three? No, it came out in eighty five. Oh, no. Five Doctors was eighty three um, for the twentieth. Uh, oh, so the two yeah. Doctors was the twenty seventh anniversary. <laughs> right. Exactly. Something like that. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's a multi-doctor crossover. Um, it also introduces the concepts of a me- of Omega. I'll use the proper British uh, Omega, who was a Time Lord, who really created the Time Lords. This is all pre Rassilon. Rassilon's not create not like a thing until the Deadly Assassin. Uh, but it's so it creates that. Um, it, it kicks off the tenth season of Doctor Who uh, with a bunch of other stories that are really good. I I think um, it's directed by Lenny Main. Well, I mentioned first only because uh, I think Lenny Main is a fairly competent director. I wouldn't go so far as to give him much more than that. He did uh, The Curse of Paladin, which I think is wonderful. Uh, the Monster of Paladin, which is not. And he did The <laughs> Hand of Fear, which was Sarah Jane's departure, departure story, which actually has some cool stylistic things in it. Uh, but for some reason, for half of his stories, he's paired with a writing part with a writing team named by the name of Bob Baker and Dave Martin, who at the time were known as the Bristol Boys, which is just that that nickname doesn't really inspire confidence for some reason. Uh, I don't I don't have anything against Bristol. It's just not great. Um, <laughs> but uh, Bob Baker and Dave Martin, we talked about them. We've talked about them before uh, when we did the uh, the Invisible Enemy, and we all remember how great that story was. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. These guys in my brain are just like the Doctor Who pariahs of the 70s like they they can't ever seem to escape the show and the show can't ever seem to escape them and every time they show up you're in for just something very mediocre um oh and they did the Claws of Axos which I remember you didn't really like at all (laughs) no I did not uh they're not good um they're not not they're just they're just so generic and they just so aren't interested in Doctor Who. Like, they just... This just this is just a job for them. Yeah. Well, they're interested in just really big ideas. Like, right. huge, unproducible ideas. Um, right. I mean, Claws of Axos tried to pull it off. And probably... I don't know. I'd say Claws of Axos actually probably pulled off their big ideas best of all. Um, but they... they <laughs> The original concept for this, which I was reading to Scott just before we got off, I'll just paraphrase it. It was apparently called Death World, and it there was a there was an, it was the Time Lords versus this Federation of Evil, which, by the way, as an acronym, is FOE. So that's the level of intellect we're dealing with here. Um, <laughs> and it involves the Time Lords sending all the three incarnations of the Doctor <laughs> into an underworld setting where he faces, and I quote, zombies. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the Hindu goddess Kali, and the Cyclops Polyphemus, who I believe was... uh, He's from Greek mythology. I think he was the Cyclops in the Odyssey. Uh, None of which sounds producible. Uh, None of which sounds... How is Foe not an acronym organization being used in comics right now? I don't know. I don't know. I think... (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for... uh, the evil, not evil, the evil slash not evil, uh, men. Yes. That, that would be a really great, like, organization, I think. Uh, it's short for enemy. Um, oh, but, boy. 
<laughs> I don't know. I came up with it on the spot. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's 100 episodes. You know what's really be... hard to come up with? What? Acronyms. Oh, so true. So From a true. word. When you have the word and then you're like, what could it stand for? That is impossible. Oh, it's, 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 it, is, it, is, it is not easy. It's not nearly as easy as you'd imagine it would be. Ugh, um, it's the worst. So, yeah, they have a lot of ideas, uh, and, I mean, I think you texted this to me last night, but they get so much right and yet so much wrong, and it's it's, it's really, like, it's easily, like, their best story, but only because it's extremely handicapped by one incredibly gifted actor. Um, yeah. <laughs> other than that, we have a lot of problems. Uh, which we'll which we'll go into in just a little bit. I'll also mention one other thing. This is the final appearance of William Hartnell. Uh, he was the you know the first Doctor, and and interestingly enough, I mean he'd done some stuff after Doctor Who, but this is his actual last like credit as an actor because he died I think two years after this. This is the last thing he ever worked on, uh, which I think is kind of interesting and pretty, I guess. Um. So it's kind of, it's just a nice little tidbit. Uh, unfortunately, because yeah, oh, definitely because he's such a he was such a great doctor, but um, he is he is a little sidelined in this. I'll just I'll just admit that uh, right up front. Just, but it, you know, it's not anybody's fault. Oh sure, that he was. Sidelined. Oh sure, because they because they wanted him to be a major role in the story all through it, uh, and then they kept getting word that he would only be able to be in the last episode to try and keep his time on the show down so that he could not, you know, die on set. And then at a certain point they were just like, you know what, let's just let's just keep him out of it because it's just not looking good. So so let's bring down the party. Um Yikes. So yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's this story and we'll talk about it in just a minute. Oh, such a bummer. Uh before we continue this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Strange Girl, Omnibus Hardcover by Rick Remender. Nick, Eric what? Nguyen. Nguyen. Eric Nguyen and Jerome Opeña. It's going to be a long month. It's going to be a long month. <laughs> it is. This book is available for only thirty two ninety nine, which is forty five percent off the suggested retail price of fifty nine ninety nine. It's like four hundred and fifty pages. So it's, it's sizable, yeah, I'll say. It's it is pretty large. Sizable. It is yeah. large. Uh also this month forty five percent off all image titles. Uh so you know, Invincible, Walking Dead, Chew, all that good stuff. Go to InStockTrades.com. Order some image books for 45% off. All orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. Woo. 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 All right, so uh, Matt and I have discussed things uh, about the show and how we want to continue doing it, and we're going to start – we're going to s- stop doing the, the, the walkthrough commentary. Yeah. We're just yeah. going to start discussing bits and pieces because, quite frankly, uh, sometimes the walkthroughs can get tedious. So we're just not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But we will, as you'll see, <laughs> we're going to point out all the funny stuff we'd point out anyways. There's just going to be a lot of less connecting the dots. Um, right. And this 
I mean, and this story, if you haven't seen Classic Who and you're just dropping in on our 100th episode, if you haven't seen this story, it's on Netflix Instant, uh, at least as of this moment. Uh, and if, I mean... It has you, been for over a year, so... Yeah. It's it's one of the popular ones, as you'd imagine. Uh, right. But it's a good. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not perfect. But if you but if you want to like start watching the classic Who, there's hardly a better introduction. I think like just in terms of getting the vibe of everything uh, and capture capturing your interest in both John Pertwee and uh, Patrick Troughton. So uh, mm. so go watch it. Go watch it and come back or not. Just listen to us talk about Doctor Who for a few minutes. Here's where here's what I'm going to start with. You know what's weird? Seeing Patrick Troughton in color. Yes. Weird. Yes. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> like it's it's interesting because it's like him in color, like because he's. I mean, if you discount Hartnell because Hartnell's very much a non-entity in this story. If you count like Troughton, like Troughton just kind of appears, and it's kind of a great like moment where you're just like you feel like he's plucked out of some story and dropped in like in a way that few other doctors really do even later you know and it's it's kind of nice but yeah it's weird seeing him in a blue shirt (laughs) oh so weird so weird yeah yeah definitely um but i do i love i love how troutman throughout the story he just he just wants his damn recorder back <laughs> just so badly like my favorite line of his i think in this whole thing is it's not a pipe <laughs> i mean it made me laugh out loud like it's so funny yeah no he's a guy who really loves his recorder even though it kind of disappeared after a certain point during his tenure <laughs> yeah well, and that's that's inherently the pro. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that this this uh, this uh, Trouton could be from his first season. Maybe I don't know. Sure, you could. Well, maybe not. When when was uh, when when were the 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 abominable snowman or the Yeti and the uh, the Yeti uh, and the uh, Cybermen? Yeti. Because they yep. mentioned both of those things. Yeti or season five, uh, Cybermen or season six. So this is towards the end of his run. It's got to be. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So there's just no explanation. Sure. Well, but that's <laughs> the. I mean, it's it's he's presented without a companion, so it's like they just plucked him out, and he just doesn't say anything about where he's from, and he's just like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Like I think ultimately, what my biggest problem with the story is, is that the story is so. Very much the John Pertwee era that Patrick Troughton feels out of place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel. It never feels like a multi-doctor story. It feels like Patrick Troughton invading a John Pertwee story. Yeah. Um. I think that's my biggest problem with the overall feeling of it. Um. Mm-hmm. And then I also have. I just. I have a big problem with the way that. Uh. The way that the second and third doctor are bickering with each other. Not mm-hmm. that they wouldn't bicker, but the way they're bickering with each other, I'm like, guys, you're the same person. Like, <laughs> like it's one thing to, to, you know, like in time crash, it's one thing for, for, uh, David Tennant to point out, uh, Peter Davison's, you know, 
celery and stuff because the way he's looking at Peter Davison is the way you would look at an old yearbook photo where you're just like, what was I thinking with that hair? <laughs> like, that makes sense. But the way Pertwee, like, talks down to Troughton, like he's like a child. Yeah. Like, you you have some explaining to do. Why are you here? And it's like, wait a minute. You were him. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. It just it, – the the dialogue just makes little to no sense. Between yeah. the two of them, I think mm-hmm. it's 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 really pushing for something that I don't think it necessarily needs to because it's fun to watch the doctors quip at each other because they are different like facets of a larger personality. Uh-huh. But it does. I mean, when you when you apply any sort of like time travel logic to the story, I mean, the show clearly wasn't thinking on those levels. Nor were Baker and Martin because they're just like, eh, it goes in the middle there. And they don't realize that, you know, the first and second doctor or the third doctor technically has done this before twice. And the second doctor has technically done this before once. Uh, I mean, the crux, there's a there's a very specific line at the end of episode, what, two, where the second doctor goes, uh, where Troughton is talking to the brigadier and the brigadier is like, who was that? And why are we listening to him? And, and Troughton's like. I've always trusted his advice, which is a weird moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then like and then like you go a little bit later and then the first doctor comes up with the solution to everything, which is not a problem per se, but when you realize that, you know, the second and third doctor have vastly much like a ton more experience than the first doctor does, it's a little weird. It's well, little weird. and the fact that they they were him. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Why are they not figuring out the solution if he did? Yeah. He's younger than that. Like, I just, I don't, I, it's just not very well written. It's no, just it's, not. <laughs> well, it's written by the guys who did Underworld, which in a couple of weeks is going to make a lot more sense. Uh, oh my God. We have to watch that soon. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like not coming up, but it's, it's on its way here. It's very it's, shortly. Oh, actually, no, you're right. It is very shortly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't believe it. Maybe I put that there because it. I needed it to be the last time I watched that story. So that's that's nice for me. That's nice for me. Oh, well, um, it's going to be the last time I watched it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just as a preview for that story, you know it's bad when each episode clocks in at barely 20 minutes and there's a three-minute recap at the top of each episode. Oh boy, uh, you know it's you know you're in a bad place when that happens. Um, anyways, yeah, no, it's 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 a little strange how they don't do that. I mean, it's it's I mean that's a larger Doctor Who problem though, like not taking in any of the wibbly wobbly timey wimey aspects of Doctor Who into uh, account until like modern undead. It took them like twenty years to do a big bendy time travel story, which is it's just a weird choice. It's just it's just a weird choice. I think I, I feel like the best place to d- do a multi doctor story is by um having some explanation where you're just like, uh the only way that we can we can bring the doctors together is if there's lots of residual like time energy and blah blah blah, you know, made up sci fi bull um and you pull them literally as each of them are regenerating mm. 
So you have to you don't have to explain anything about like why they never referenced whatever happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you just pull them as they're regenerating away and then they have this adventure and then they go back and they regenerate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where that's where um, the Troughton 6B theory comes in where like you can pull like all of Troughton is explainable because we never actually see him regenerate. Right. Um so like I mean all of Troughton in any of his stories could be season 6B. Uh Hartnell's bigger problem. <laughs> but but you're right. It doesn't make sense. And it's not I mean it's not well written. I mean today I mean, Time Crash gets away with it because Time Crash is built on the idea that the 10th Doctor is smart enough to realize he's the 5th Doctor and remembers what he did before and just flips a switch when he needs to flip a switch. Um, So it's, I mean, it's hard because you don't want to have to do that, but at the same time, you kind of have to. Um, Yes. It's weird. I mean, it's the the Bill and Ted time travel theory. Oh, sure. Um, Which is fine. Yeah. Well, I think... It's silly, but it makes perfect sense. So, yeah. mm-hmm. well, I think the one story yeah. that really pulled it off really well that they that's been done recently, and it's not really available. You have to like not go through special channels, but you can't just buy it from them. But Big Finish did a four doctors story with Davison Baker, Colin Baker, McCoy, and McGann. And that story is actually broken into four separate stories happening all simultaneously. And then they all meet up in the TARDIS at the end, which is like an interesting way of doing it. That's believable. So, hmm. yeah. That one's, I want to hear that. Story. Oh, it's a fun story. Yeah, sure. Why have I not heard that? I don't know. Just never got, you just haven't gotten to it, I'm sure. <laughs> I keep forgetting it exists because it's only an hour. Um, but yeah. Well... Yeah, I think that, but I think what this thing's, well, first of all, I just have to mention, yeah, it's weird seeing Troughton in a third, in a third Doctor story because he is such, so out of place, but my God, Troughton steals every scene in this story. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) He makes, he makes Pertwee look boring and stoic in comparison. Oh, sure. Yeah. Every. Every time, every time at the end of the first episode, they're like gonna flip the coin, and Pertwee goes, uh, Pertwee goes, all right, who's going out there? And Troughton's like, we'll flip for it. Troughton flips the coin, puts it on his hand, and then looks at it, and Pertwee goes to look at it, and Troughton just says, hard luck. Like, it just, (laughs) it just just gets me every time, because I think it's such a perfect, it's such a perfect thing. And like this, I mean, The first thing, this is the second Troughton I ever watched, and this is the story that made me fall in love with him because he's so insane in this story. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> it's not a pipe. <laughs> I love Troughton to pieces. He's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love. I think my favorite moment, though, with Troughton is not necessarily, like, a Troughton moment per se, but it's the moment where the Brigadier sees him for the first time, and Nicholas Courtney just goes for the most, what face I've ever seen. (laughs) And he's just like, what happened to you? And the doctor's like, hello. And... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that. I love that. You know what I? You know what I don't love? What the who's on first conversation? 
Oh. <laughs> oh my god. When they're trying to explain who each other are, like Oh, that was so frustrating to watch. Yeah. And then the, and then they go out on a Beatles line. Like Yeah. I was just like, "Come on." <laughs> like this is the most hacky writing. Wow. Wow. Baker Martin. So. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Such hacky writing. Yeah. yeah. He I am him and he is me. <laughs> and we are all together, cuckoo kachu. Ugh. No. It's a song by the Beatles. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. I Thanks. did like I do the one thing I like about that is when she, when she says that and challenge just like, oh, how does it go? And he's just gonna <laughs> He's like, let's jam. <laughs> I got this. Just give me he just puts give me up a his beat. recorder. Yeah. What's the key? What's the key? No, you know what? Just saying, I got it. I got a good ear for this. <laughs> oh, how does it go? <laughs> and then we just and it would be awesome if it just devolved into just like just a, I am the walrus. <laughs> it's like, just it's just a it's just a it's just a, like they just they just turn it they just start singing I am the walrus. Like it just <laughs> heart no on drums. Yeah. Oh my god. Come on, drums. Yeah, see, it took you a second, but you got there. Oh my god. Currently <laughs> pulls out a guitar. Joe's Joe's on backup vocals. <laughs> Trouton's jamming on the recorder. Benton's like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Speaking of things I don't like, you know what I don't like? Baker and Martin talking about anything involving science. Ever. Oh. Ever. Yeah. There's, there's a line. There's a line where someone goes, if E equals MC squared and gravitation equals acceleration, I must have traveled faster than the speed of light, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a concept... Like, I see kind of where they're going, but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Because acceleration has nothing to do with E equals MC squared. I'm sorry, it doesn't. <laughs> One, it's just, oh god, it's crazy. And then, like, even the end, like, they literally, the ending of the story is like, they're trying to stop the black hole, and they manage to stop the black hole, and then by, like, Creating force... I've seen this story four times. I don't know how they did this. Creating a force field with Troughton's recorder causing a supernova. And they're uh... explaining it. <laughs> and, one, and like the, the scientist dude who said the quote I just said, he comes out and he goes, a black hole and a supernova cancel each other out. Which, I mean, homage... I mean, time flight homage. But... At the same time, then Joe goes, I don't do you, I don't get it. And then <laughs> Pertwee's doctor literally just goes, eh, forget about it. Don't question it. Just just enjoy. <laughs> like that's how that's how he that's how he talks his way out of it. It's just like, Joe's like, I don't get it. He's like, Really? And that's it. That's like that's like the end of the conversation. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a choice. Um I don't Oh boy. It, it doesn't inspire 
It doesn't inspire confidence when the writers don't understand the science they're talking about. Like, I'll buy science if you make it viable, but they're just like, we have no confidence in, in this at all. Like, <laughs> like, not at all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <sighs> oh, I'll tell you I what guess... I do like. Hmm. I do like a 10-minute slow-mo fight scene between... <laughs> John Pertwee and a pig lizard. <laughs> because, oh my god. <laughs> the entire time I was watching it, just thinking, I cannot believe this is happening. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing about that is, though? Like, it's not the slow motion fight, which is completely insane. Like... Just completely insane. No, the craziest thing to me is that Omega calls that the dark side of his mind. Know what's really gross and weird? The dark side of Omega's mind. Like, <laughs> it's like a it's like a demon pig, like you're saying, and it's just crazy. It's like it's it's just weird, and I'm just like, bro, just clean up the back of your mind. My God, it looks like if you it it basically looks like if you co- covered a human in scales, and then did that thing where you like like in the Pee Wee Herman movie where he takes the scotch tape and he just like tapes up his face. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I just checked cuz I'd uploaded it uh, uploaded it for the blog and and YouTube maybe take it down. So I don't have it. And otherwise it would be on this episode. Like absolutely. Oh my god. You have to see it to believe it. It's like it's just It's on Netflix. It's, so... it's worth the price of admission oh, right there. Oh, it is. And you won't and you'll know it when you see it because for one thing it's done in complete silence. Like like nothing short of complete silence. Like you just hear the vague thump of Pertwee's back on the ground when he hits the ground. That's it. <laughs> like there's no music. There's no nothing. It's just, it just doesn't end. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it is, it is ludicrous and glorious. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, <laughs> it'll show you and then like it's it's the cliffhanger like it's the cliffhanger to episode three and and it literally ends with with omega just in voiceover going no one escapes the will of omega and then it just cuts to black and i'm like really that's what you go out on this weird pig thing strangling our main character while some weird time lord just says some stuff okay all right i guess I guess we can do that. Oh, choices. Just a lot of choices in this that I'm not sure I agree with. <laughs> not the least of which is the part where the Brigadier in this... I mean, first of all, the Brigadier is made to look like an utter buffoon in this story. Like, b- utter buffoon. He accomplishes nothing and conscripts a random hunter. <laughs> and, like... Just, I mean, he's like, Unit HQ is super secret. And when 
Pertwee and and Joe are driving back to unit after investigating the thing at the beginning. They pull up to the building, and the building has a giant sign that says, Unit HQ, stay out. Operating Commander Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Like, like, wow, it's a super secret organization in a super secret in a super secret base that has a sign out front saying looks, exactly what's up. That looks mysteriously like uh not not unlike a retirement center of some kind. <laughs> yeah, well no one's no one's gonna want to go there if it looks like a retirement center. Except once you out that it's a unit building, everyone's gonna wanna go there. Everyone's I want to go there. And they're going to know exactly who to call for. They're going to say, send me to Colonel Lethbridge-Stewart. And people are going to be like, all right. And they get to talk to Lethbridge-Stewart. Can't be good. You know, that's got to make his schedule run crazy. If he's just, if he just has an open door policy, like between five and seven on Wednesdays, you know, just that's a, (laughs) that's a bad, that's that's a bad thing to do. I mean, it's appreciated, but it's also like, that's a way to just kill time. Just crush it. Uh. (laughs) Uh, just they put his name on the sign. They put his name on the sign. <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense. It's a weird. It's a weird choice. It's a weird choice. Uh, but I guess I guess we should talk about Omega at least a little bit because he doesn't have a face. <laughs> no, he does not. He's faceless. He's faceless. Uh, but. He he can, can he can he's he's got some crocodile tears that guy. <laughs> yeah yeah. That uh, when he figures out he doesn't have a face, that was um. That was a pretty crazy cry. Like yeah. Well, it was. I, it reminded me a lot of when my ne- when I told my nephew that he couldn't have any more pancakes. Yeah. Like, it really just like. And my nephew is like six, by the way. I'd just like to point that out. Uh, oh my god, really is just a petulant child. Like, just... Which kills me because in the documentary on the DVD of this, the actor who played Omega... Um, Stephen Thorne. Yeah, Stephen Thorne. He's like, yeah. He's like, I really wanted that moment to be a lot bigger than it was. Uh, <laughs> but the director told me to, tor- to, uh, to tune it down. I don't think it was the right choice. I was like, oh, buddy, I'm pretty sure it was. (laughs) You know what the best part about Stephen Thorne is? And I'll just tell you because it doesn't matter. Uh, He's actually in two other Doctor Who stories. Yeah, the demons I know. Yeah. And Hand of Fear, where he plays basically the same character. (laughs) Oh, my God. And shouts a lot. (laughs) Like... A lot. That's his. That's his secret. I think to acting. Just shout it, shout it to the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I. You know what? You know what? I, I will. I will give them credit. I really love Omega as a villain. It's just really unfortunate that no one's ever done anything interesting with him. Ever. Actually, mm-hmm. that's a lie. Big Finish did something interesting with him, but on TV, I've never really done anything interesting with him. And I think. If anyone ever wanted to do something interesting with a great Doctor Who villain, oh my god, you'd be pretty hard-pressed to do something worse. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Sorry, there was a weird, there was a weird pause there, <laughs> and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> All right, I guess maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Wait until we get to Arc of Infinity. That's that's fun. <laughs> that is like that is like the return of Ovaga. And I was I remember watching the Three Doctors and being like, "Oh man, let's watch let's watch the Arc of Infinity and see this guy come back." And I watched it and I was like, "Ooh." Bad choices. Bad. <laughs> just a series of bad choices you made here, guys. Just not, not good. <laughs> but, but I like him in this, and they give him some tragic elements, which are really interesting. And I mean, the mask is fairly iconic. Uh, it does, you know, sound like styrofoam when they're peeling it off his face, which is yeah, probably does. something they should have gotten out in post. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. Post production? What? Oh, right, sorry. That was this is pre post. They, um, they don't have the budget for that. <laughs> but it I mean, I think it's funny. It's also like Omega when he realizes that the do- that he can let the doctors take over this alternate universe or this antimatter dimension. I don't even know what it is. I've seen it four times, I don't really know. Um it's really not very clear. He goes, "You will you must have masks like my mask." And he's so just he's so proud of it. I mean, got to give him like got to give him some props for being, you know, for owning it really well. That's true. Like, really well. So, I'll give him I'll give him I'll give him that. <laughs> but mostly this story is just crazy. Like it's just it's it is. It is crazy. Um at one point, they're all like literally fighting something that isn't there, <laughs> and they're fighting <laughs> antimatter, which is just like this blobby thing. It looks like somebody got a smudge on the negative of the film, which incidentally is probably how they did the effect. <laughs> um, and they're all fighting the smudge, uh, yeah. and that's it. That's what <laughs> that's... the antimatter is. <laughs> That reminds me of the part where Troughton rigs up the thing to keep the smudge in at bay. And he, he's, like, talking to Benton and the Brigadier, and Benton's, like, watching over it. And the Doctor's like, all right, Benton, you got this? You got this. And he just kind of leaves with the Brigadier, leaving Benton to just kind of stand there. And what do, the Brigadier, when do what does the Brigadier and the Doctor do while they're gone? We, we will never know. <laughs> They just they just walk off, and <laughs> Benton is left holding the bag and chewing some gum, and it's and he throws the wrapper at the antimatter, and the antimatter gets pissed off. <laughs> to be fair, I really think there's no littering in the antimatter universe, so <laughs> it just starts freaking out. It just you know it just wanted some gum. Like, really, that's all it wanted was some gum, and Benton was, like, chewing the last strip, and he just, instead of giving him gum, he just threw the wrapper at him, which, I mean, I'd be pissed, too. I mean, I'd be pissed, too. I feel I feel bad for the antimatter blob. I really do. Oh, man. It's, it's un- and he's just like, doctor, doctor! <laughs> and then, you know, the doctor and the brigadier just jog back in. <laughs> like, from around they? the corner. What were they talking about? Where did they go? <laughs> Did the Brigadier take the Doctor on a tour? Did they, like, go have an adventure? <laughs> they went on a tour. 
<laughs> but they didn't get far. The, they didn't get past the uh, the photo of uh, the photo of the brigadier karaokeing framed on the wall around the corner. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I have no response to that. <laughs> Sorry, I just I have no response to that. Brigadier's uh... <laughs> like, follow me, and the doctor's like, wait a minute, what's this? And he's like, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like you. Only you're in a white t-shirt and there's a tie tied around your head. <laughs> and the brigadier's like, no, keep moving. And then the doctor's like, no, 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 we're going to talk about this. <laughs> we're going to talk about this. What song are you singing? What, what's, what's... <laughs> Alistair, what's going on? Allie, what's up, man? <laughs> How are you doing? You okay? Are you all right? Should I call a cab? I can call a cab. <laughs> Oh, buddy! Is your name is Breaks. your name on the front of the wall? Is is it is it because they did they still won't take your name off the front of the off the front of the school? Because that's okay. I mean, look, we can it. we can talk about this, okay? How are how are you doing, huh? <laughs> have you have you gotten off the sauce, <laughs> doctor? Oh, hey, sorry, we Thanks gotta go. <laughs> Oh, I love their friendship. Um, <laughs> the Doctor's Companion, episode 100. The Brigadier has a drinking problem. <laughs> He's like, Doctor, did we really see those Yeti? I mean, come on, Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> That's not real, right? I am I uh I am seeing things right That's now. suddenly his alcoholism suddenly explains <laughs> why he never believes anything that's happened. <laughs> Every time something's happening he's shocked. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. That can't be happening. And Are you kidding me, Brigadier? Now we know. Pull, now we know. He pulls out a hip flask and just takes a swing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off screen because this was for the kids. But if you think about it, like at a certain point, he literally had to retire and become a teacher. What do teachers do? Drink. So <laughs> it's just literally every time somebody goes, "Where did the brigadier go?" He's just like, "I'm right here." And, and then they all just look at him disapprovingly <laughs> as he walks back in the room because they all know where he was. <laughs> And isn't there a line in the wedding of every song where the doctor gets the phone call and the nurse is like, he left a drink out for you every time. Where, where did the drink go? Waste not, want not. I mean, <laughs> just, he's like, guess he's not coming. I'll pour him another one. <laughs> and one for daddy and one for... <laughs> Oh, he is my favorite character. Uh, uh, oh, this, I, I mean, this story is really where it really just catches up with him. <laughs> just, and that explains the line at Planet of the Spiders. Where at the end of the story and the doctor's regenerating, the brigadier just goes, not again, and kind of turns away. 
Because you know that it just cuts back to the doctor, and while the doctor's regenerating, the brigadier just downs a bottle of whiskey. Yep. Like, just a whole bottle, just right down the gullet. Yep. (laughs) Oh, oh, Alistair Gordon, Lethbridge Stewart, really should have gotten that checked out. Really just (laughs) did not leave you in a good place. Uh... Uh... To be fair, if the doctor did pull that sort of thing on me, I probably would have had the same sort of reaction because I also love the moment where the doctor just goes, "Could so you pass me a silica rod, please?" And everyone passes it to him, and he just uses it to stir his coffee, and the brigadier just goes, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> oh my god! You know what else I love? Oh what? my god! I can't believe I'd forgotten about this. <laughs> I freaking love. Fisherman Filch. <laughs> because, oh my god. <laughs> Every time he showed up, I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> he is the craziest character I've ever seen on Doctor Who. Like, like when he shows up, like, after he, he walks through the thing and teleports back to where he is, and the doctor's like, the, the, uh, Joe's like, what happened to the, what happened to the fisherman? And the doctor's like, well, I, I imagine that he just went back to where he was. And then they show the, the lake where he was left, like, where he was taken to begin with. And he just appears there, looks around, and then just like, well, I'm going home. It just walks off. And that's the whole that's the whole scene. That's the whole yeah. scene. And then you cut back to unit for a scene and then you cut back and the last scene of the goddamn story, the last scene is his wife coming out like, "Where have you been? I've been so worried about you." And he's like, "Out. Is dinner Where's ready?" Dinner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he just walks inside leaving yeah. her. Cut to credits. Cut to credits. That's literally how the story ends. And I'm like, "That's a choice." That's a choice. And here's, you guys. Here's what I'll say about that. I would watch, <laughs> even written by, even written by Bob and Dave, oh, I would especially. watch, I would totally watch a Fisherman Filch series. <laughs> of just, just perpetually more ridiculous things happening to him. <laughs> and all he really cares about is if his wife has made him dinner yet. Like, <laughs> Oh, Fisherman Filch. <laughs> and then, like, you know that, like, when, when the chips are down, he is crazy. Because, like, the Brigadier shows up in the Antimatter universe, and then Fisherman Filch is just like, they're getting taken. And then, and the Brigadier is like, what the frack? What, what is happening right now? And, 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 and Fisherman Filch is like, I was hiding. I was hiding from a hunter. I know what's going on. <laughs> And the Brigadier is like, you are now conscripted into my army. And I'm just like, whoa, Brigadier, I don't think this guy is who you think he is, man. I don't think he's a fighter, man. I don't think he is. I think he's more drunk than you are. <laughs> oh. oh, oh. Fisherman then, Filch has a heroin problem. I mean, and, then, really <laughs> and then Fisherman Filch became caretaker of Hogwarts. <laughs> and got a cat. And every night he just talks to Mrs. Norris and goes, did you make supper? And she goes, Meow. and he just goes, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story in which Filch 
discovered magic. <laughs> and really didn't didn't want anything to do with it. He just <laughs> didn't care for it. <laughs> not his thing. It's really it's just not Hogwarts his was the only job that was hiring. <laughs> Times were tough. And Times he, were tough. He wasn't making any money being a fisherman. <laughs> his wife was always nagging him. <laughs> he had to get out of there. You know, and you got to respect that. You got to respect that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, most underrated character in the story because like <laughs> I'd almost forgotten about him. Like why does the story even like seriously for some reason Baker and Martin are like, you know, we really got to wrap up his storyline. That's yeah. why they have that scene at the end. <laughs> like it's just the most it's the it's it's a it's it's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> Where have you been? Out. Where's dinner? <laughs> Credits. <laughs> That's how the story ends. Like <laughs> big massive Doctor Who crossover. That's where the story ends. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's weird. That's so weird. I love it. Oh, it's great times. It's great times. Oh, oh, all right. Okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Three doctors. Thumbs up. Great story. Yeah, I think so. I think so. A lot of fun. It really is. It has its problems, but it's a lot of fun. Highly oh, recommended for you guys to go check it out. Oh, totally. Good Netflix Good Instant, sh- probably Amazon Instant if you've got Amazon Prime. Yeah. Because yeah. I find that the stories that are on Netflix Instant and Amazon Instant tend to be the same ones, incidentally yeah. enough. Yeah. It's weird how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> like the exact same ones. Yeah, and it's always it's never like the ones it's always the ones where you're like, all right, I guess I guess I could go with that ones, but never the ones where you're just like, yeah, let's let's watch that one, you know? Yeah, never, yeah, never, except for the mind robber. Yes, yes, that's the one difference. Tomb of the Cybermen was on instant at one point. I remember that. I didn't get to watch it, but I remember that. Yeah, that was that was that was good times. I remember seeing the cover to it and just being like. Mm, I want that. <laughs> well, before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCB, DCB Service is the site that lets you order all of your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from your local comic book shop. You can get from DCBService.com. You place your orders using the previews catalog, so roughly two or three months in advance, uh, with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discount specials. A 40% off. Um, this month, you can uh, pre-order the new image number ones uh, that will be uh, launching in August, which consists of Black Kiss number Black Kiss number one, It Girl and the Atomics number one, Think Tank number one, and Harvest number one. Uh, all for 50% off. Um, so, uh... Go check out some new uh, image creator own titles. It Girl in the Atomics is drawn by Mike Norton, Ooh. who is simultaneously drawing another monthly series. <laughs> he's a he's a speed demon. I don't even know how that's possible, but it's happening. Yeah, that's like um, 
That's like Jeff Lemire work like writing three monthly books and doing his own creator own on the side. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Doesn't sleep. It's Does nuts. not sleep. Um, before Watchmen continues into August, and there's a new uh, Before Watchmen bundle for fifty percent off, making them each dollar ninety nine. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and Hawkeye and Gambit are each getting new series from Marvel, uh, new ongoing solo series, and uh, those are also at fifty percent off for a dollar forty nine each. If you want to try those, yeah, Gambit. So, that's that's for people. Yeah, and then uh, for uh, you Buffy fans, <clears throat> uh, Spike is getting his own series, um, through the whole like Buffy season nine thing. Uh, and it's fifty percent off the first issue for a dollar forty nine. So pretty uh, sweet. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Go check that out. Um, <laughs> plus pre orders for uh, Superman Earth One Volume Two, that uh, JMS graphic novel Superman series, um, and lots of other things. So uh, you know, go check it out. Pre order some stuff. Yeah, and remember that uh. You can, you know, ship monthly, weekly, bi-weekly, and uh, you only have to pay six ninety-five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBreservice.com. Yeah, six six twenty-five actually. You said six ninety-five. It is six ninety-five. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it went, went up. up. My bad. Thanks My for bad. pointing that out. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> didn't realize. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. No, not for flat rate shipping. Um. Next week, we're talking about William Hartnell and the Myth Makers, which is going to be an experience. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, it'll be interesting. Because but on, normally... the other, on the other side of that's Peter Davison, so there's that, at least. Yeah, Peter Davison in one of the stories that people just hate. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, people hate them. People hate Black Orchid. Why? I hate it. I don't, I don't know. Because it's a historical... I mean, it's not perfect, but it's a fun little diversion for, like, 50 minutes. It's only two parts. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about it. So, uh. so the Mythmakers next week, which is interesting. If you want the Mythmakers, you can get it on... Um, uh, you can get the audio of it. It's a pretty good audio. Uh, it's, it's the Doctor and the Trojan War, uh, which is... I mean, it's awesome. Uh, and it's... It'll, I think it'll merit a lot of interesting discussion. That's for sure. Uh, so, Mythmakers, then Black Orchid, which is a fifth Doctor story. Then we're going uh... back to... <laughs> jump, jump the gun a little. Because uh, to... <laughs> I know what's coming. I'm preparing myself. Going back to Baker Martin for Underworld. Uh, uh... Which I, uh... uh... Well, that's, that's coming. Uh, so <laughs> but then we get the Doctor's Daughter, a tenth Doctor story, which yay, I love the Doctor's Daughter, and yeah. then the Planet of the Spiders, which is glorious. It's the last oh. John Pertwee episode. Yeah, yeah. And so. then uh, so that's that's what's coming up next, and all of those, um, not not all of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Mythmakers is worth checking out. As is Black Orchid. As is Doctor's Daughter. As is Planet of the Spiders. If you want to hear us, really have nothing to say. Or nothing good to say about something. Uh, listen to our underworld conversation because, <laughs> oh man, that does not get better as a story. It does. <laughs> it does not. Oh no.
<laughs> I can't. Is, is it bad that I kind of can't wait to watch it? Oh, oh, that's not bad. But within the first like episode, you're going to be like, why are they sitting on a couch watching a planet explode? I don't understand. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, there's a spaceship, and on the spaceship bridge is a couch. Like that's where they sit. It's. <laughs> I don't. I don't quite understand. But we're going to talk about it. And I mean, it's another Baker Martin to cross off the checklist, which is always nice. And I, it's 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 easily one of their three worst, which is bad when you have three worst stories because. <laughs> you didn't. They didn't write a whole lot. They wrote a bit, but they didn't write like a lot, a lot, a lot. So, <laughs> okay. So, so we'll see how it goes. But ah, <laughs> oh, in the meantime, you can find us on on the internet. I'm on Twitter, twitter.com/slash Scott Corelli. I'm also uh, on twitter.com/slash Scott Commentary, which is my alternate Twitter account. Where I will live tweet things from time to time. Uh, like this past week, I actually went to a showing of Dark Shadows, the Johnny Depp Tim Burton movie. Sat in the back by myself and live tweeted the movie. <laughs> that was an experience. So go back and uh, and w- read those tweets and uh, stay tuned for more similar things. Yeah, and and I mean other stuff that we're doing. Like this week, we're doing a um, I don't know. I don't know how soon it is from this perspective, but we are like because we do we do supernatural on the other show uh, on Mind Robbers. <clears throat> we're doing a live tweet of each, of one episode from each season, uh, and we're doing the live tweet for that uh, this this coming weekend, which is really exciting uh, yeah. for Hollywood Babylon. And hopefully, you can just pick it pick it right up and just watch it and have a good time for like an hour, which is really fun. So yeah, uh, join us join us for some live tweeting. Um, my live tweeting account is uh, at GD Commentary. My regular Twitter account is Gungadin. And my blog is classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I review classic Doctor Who stories. Um, and one of the stories that I just did is The Seeds of Death, which everyone loves, and I do not. I, uh, it's awful. It's so boring. It's so boring. When the Doctor and his companions spend the, a grand total of one episode on a rocket ship traveling from the Earth to the moon, you're in a bad place. So... <laughs> And it's really just like watching an episode, like it's like watching Lord of the Rings, but none of the exciting parts. So, <laughs> so imagine that, but in Doctor Who form in the sixties, and it's oh, not. Boy. As fun. <clears throat> yeah, so we'll talk about that one eventually. Uh, but yeah, classical Gallifrey, where I talk about classic Who and review it, and talk about it, and dissect it and stuff. So check that out. Check that out. In the last, really, in the last six months of that blog, which is kind of crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Be done by the end of the year. That's nuts. Can't believe, I can't believe it. I literally I counted it out to Cassandra, and I mean I have all the stories kind of ready to go because um, I have to know who's doing what and when. And I turned to Cassandra the other day, and I was like, you know, you only have five more stories to review, and I really only have like I think I have like thirty. There's thirty left, and I have like twenty five to go or something. So wow, it's not bad. yeah, <laughs> it's just it's racing to the end is what it is. So it's crazy. Oh yeah, that is oh, crazy. Yeah. Alright guys, uh, that's our show and uh, we'll be back next week for a very interesting conversation with the Myth Makers. Bye! Yeah guys, leave reviews, bye!